Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Today on Cinnabuds, um, we're not seeing movies in theaters, so we're talking about things that we're seeing at home, but I, for, for a while I've kicked around this idea that like so many of the movies that we cover on this are A24, and the the we see the movie in the theaters you see the a24 thing it seems like they're doing everything cool and so we wanted to do a whole episode about a24 what is a24 who are they they're a bunch of strangers and what do they do uh they're a distribution company mainly um i think exclusively possibly and uh they essentially distributors they buy up a film and then they market it and then they make sure it gets seen by as many people as possible. And A24 just seems to have a very particular vibe about the stuff they put out and it's doing really, really well. Um, it's They started in 2012, which was less than 10 years ago. And I remember seeing things, you know, some of the early stuff and being like, just like seeing the the logo and then just seeing it build and build over the years. And now it's like every single time A24 releases something, I'm on top of it. And I want to see everything that they released. I remember going into Rushmore Records one time and talking to Bill at Rushmore. And he was like, we're going to see Green Room tonight. And I, he was like, you should come with. And I was like, what is Green Room? And he's like, uh, we're not really sure, but it's A24, and they seem to just be killing everything right now, so we're going to see it. And I feel like that's the kind of production company that A24 has become, where if you know that it's an A24 film, you want to go see it. That's like the ideal situation for it. So we are going to talk about A24, who they are, what they have come to be. K-Pal, you want to list a couple of their movies before we go into break? Yeah, early on they did Ex Machina and they did Room with Brie Larson, which is kind of which kind of rocketed her to success. And then more recently they did Midsummer, Her- Hereditary, uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. A lot of great stuff. No, eighth grade. Eighth grade, mid-90s. After the break, we're going to come back, talk more about A24 films, what that means, what they are, how much we love it. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out your donor benefits and the thank you gifts to show off your 88.9 pride. We're back. We're back. We're talking about A24. A24 founded in 2012 by three guys, Daniel Katz, David Fenkel, and John Hodges. Uh, A24, the name comes from the Italian motorway that that one of them was on when they decided to start A24. Oh, Mozzo Bello. Yeah. Uh, it, it's also like kind of like a Italian cinema, you know, road kind of deal in sure. movies. Um, uh, but that's where the name A24 comes from. 
is I know that you said it a, a bit back there, but they're a, a film distributor. Christopher, as a person that is in the film industry, what exactly is a film distributor distribution? What sure. do because it kind of feels like you know it, it kind of feels like when you see a twenty four, it's like this is an a twenty four film. Um, but what like what does that mean? What hand do they play? And like. They have such a distinct style of of what they do. I kind of like, I kind of think of them as like Ex Machina and Hereditary and Midsummer and Uncut Gems, these kind of like fast-paced thrillers or kind of like prestige horror movies. But they also do comedies too. But everything like has this vibe. Like everything, they're like, they are like auteur distribution. You know, they're like everything that they do has this really kind of like reputable artistic bend to it. And I wonder like what, what role do they have in, in that? And then what do they do as a, as a film distributor? Well, distributors generally, they just acquire a film that's already been made usually. um, And they do all the marketing for it. They do uh, all the, um, they make sure all the exhibition for it, whether it's online whether it's in the theater, et cetera, that's generally what they do. I think what you're hitting on about the success of A24 is that they, and all the good distributors do this, they build a brand. They build sort of like their focus and their target. And A24 has done a really good job of that, especially in a time where like Hollywood films are getting more Hollywoody, but not in a good way. All all the Hollywood kind of Oscar fair is very, it's not bad. It's just similar to, it's so samey to the stuff that you've seen before. Um, all their just big blockbusters are just rehashes, etc. So a 24, and this is what happens a lot. What you kind of push against what's what Hollywood's doing. And then that becomes successful. And that sadly sometimes becomes Hollywood. And until that gets too similar and then it moves on. It's a circle of life as Elton John spoke about. Right. And uh, they have they have a vibe. They have a they've essentially it's like back in the classic days of Hollywood when studios would have like uh, what they call a stable of actors. They have a certain kind of actor that appeals to a certain movie and they use them. So A24 has definitely developed a, a, a feel and a style that they want to push out there. And they had some really early successes that just kept going. They've been very, I think they've been very lucky um, to just know what they want and have it be successful from the start. Didn't really take them long to kind of get that reputation. Yeah. Um, I was reading that kind of like the early success story. You know, the first movie that they had their name on was A Glimpse Inside the Mind of Charles Swan III. Did you see that? I did not even heard about it until today. Oh man, it was on because, okay, so here's where um, the money comes from. So like A24 is a, I, what I kept on reading is they are a mid-sized production studio. So there are like, what are some of your really, really big production studios, Christopher? Disney. (laughs) Warner Brothers, Fox. And so those are the, those are the people making, you know, those are like, 
the most Hollywood of Hollywood, making Hollywood, Hollywood movies, making stuff to make them more money, to make uh, more movies and just to make money. And then there are like indies who are like super, super low budget, who kind of, you know, make really great movies or, you know, I mean, they make a wide range. Not every indie movie is great, but, um, you know, and, but oftentimes don't have the money. And then A24 is like, what I read is like kind of in the middle. They're like this mid range uh, distribution company. So they can take a movie and uh, you know, give it some life. And they like Charles, a glimpse inside the mind of Charles Swan III. It, it doesn't have a lot of great reviews, um, but it is great. It's got Charlie Sheen, um, which is not a selling point. It's got Jason Schwarzman and Bill Murray are the other two names in it. And they are, it is so artsy and uh, well-designed and strange. You would love it, Hey Polly. I mean, it, it's like a comedy in the vein of comedies that you like, which are like bizarre and uh, weird, but also funny in not a ha way. But, you know, <laughs> they're like, it is. It just really has fun. But anyway, um, where their like their money came from, they did this deal with Direct TV for forty million dollars, and they did an they did a deal with Amazon um, to like make their their like streaming platforms pop off. And so that one, like I saw that on Amazon. And so like all, and you can see like The Witch is on Amazon, and Hereditary is on Amazon. And a lot good times is on Amazon or yeah, is on Amazon. And so uh, like all of those went to online. That's where like, I saw that one for the first time. And that's where like kind of that, you know, initial $40 million came from is to have like the, these streaming platforms pop off. Um, but then they had like their initial, their first like kind of success in theaters was Spring Breakers in 2013. And what I had read about that was that they didn't do like some of the big um, like Hollywood campaigns of like having billboards and having kind of like these big, big ad campaigns aimed at everybody. They really did like a lot of targeted marketing that, you know, that makes sense to us now. And is, you know, kind of like what everybody does now, but they were doing it in 2012 and 2013 to get people like I remember being in college at that time and seeing that movie everywhere. But that was because it was like targeted at me and then having using that target audience to love that movie and then um, spread it by word of mouth. I love their movies. They have such a good um, they just have good taste. I genuinely think it comes down to they know what they like. They definitely enjoy style like a stylish movie yeah. and but not without content and within that within those parameters they have a good variety but you can definitely i feel like if i watched 10 movies and they said two of them are a24 i could tell you which ones they are uh they even the farewell which was seemingly a straightforward kind of broad appeal film about a family I was so surprised when I watched it, how stylish it was visually considering how straight, not straightforward the story was, but like how, you know, accessible the story was It's about family, but the visual style was so, so impressive that I was like, okay, now I see why this is like, 
and overall, this was really impressive. The acting was great. I mean, it's overall a more impressive film than you originally think it's going to be. I think that is the key to how they do it. They really can find that niche in something that knows that they know is going to be very appealing, but also not, not the same old fare. It really is impressive to me that they, that there's like, there are ones that I don't love as much, but like, how do they just have this seeming ability to just pick great ideas? I mean, I also see that like looking at a lot of the films that they've done, they're also really good at appealing to younger viewers, like 20 to 30 year range. I mean, they've got stuff in there that definitely has either the stars of it are going to appeal to them or the style or the kind of edgy edginess of it, or just the content. I mean, they had, I mean, eighth grade and mid nineties, those are appealing to a very specific crowd. Um, Bling ring um, had a very, very, young uh feel to it uh when i say young feel i mean it's appealing to like college kids specifically spring breakers obviously um but then you have these like weird ones that they put out like enemy which was fantastic under the skin um tusk which is just oh yeah disgusting uh yeah yeah. (laughs) so they have they definitely are appealing to that younger audience but I think what happened beyond that is it wasn't just younger audiences. I think a lot of people were really interested in what they were doing. Uh, they're also like, as a distributor, one of the things that they do is like, you know, market film. And um, I like, I really like some of the like decisions they've made in marketing. Like some of the, like the merch that they've made, they've, they, have, they've done like some collaborations with some really strange niche cool like realtors and stuff um they have this like partnership with online ceramics which is like a a very niche brand and uh, they have like on their on their website they they have like an uncut gems basketball and a rom-com scented candle and just like oh they have basketball shorts everything they do is just like kind of like interesting and offbeat in a way that it really appeals to me when the lobster came out uh, they did this uh they did like a buzzfeed-esque um quiz you could take to find out what animal you would be if you had to be turned into an animal which i really liked and then obviously they have that filter which a24 film are you so they're definitely appealing to a to a demographic but and they do it really well Okay. Some, some of my favorite films of the last 10 years definitely come from them. I was just about to ask you. I was going to say, what are your top three favorite A24 films? Oh, boy. Well, Moonlight. I pressure on you to no, say it right now. I can go, I can go all day, boy. Uh, <laughs> Moonlight with number one with a bullet. I mean, that one, I mean, if they weren't already doing well, that one propelled them into the spotlight. Uh, 20th Century Women is a film that I feel like did get attention when it came out, but no one should forget that movie. That movie was a really great ensemble movie. For sure. Centric characters. It's wonderful. Um, 
I mean, lately they've been killing it. Obviously, Last Black Man in San Francisco was my favorite movie of that year. Um, First Reformed was unbelievable. And then, you know, Uncut Gems, obviously a really good one. Man, I'm just looking through the list right now. I know. I wanted to tear down. I wanted to shine a little light on Swiss Army Man, which is an absolute perfect comedy that I absolutely love. I do want to brag a little that I got to see that at Sundance. That that is a great brag. I that <laughs> I saw yeah. it at 10 a.m. in the morning. That's awesome. Really was I was had no idea what I was going into, so it was kind of an amazing surprise. I think they kind of like at like at looking at this list, it's like Swiss Army Man is like my favorite kind of comedy and and a perfect comedy and uh, like hereditary. I do not like scary movies. Yeah. I don't like being scared, but I you know can appreciate a good one when I see one. And like hereditary is I mean, it is a perfect horror movie. So they got like Swiss Army Man, a perfect comedy, hereditary, a perfect horror movie. Moonlight, which is a perfect drama. Uncut Gems, which is like the ultimate thriller. It's just like, it's just top notch. They've got great taste. And if you want, see, this is the thing. There's, you know, we talk about weird movies a lot on the show. And when we say that kind of tongue in cheek, because weird movies just sort of like, it's like a lowbrow term for what we mean is incredibly unique, artful, out of the ordinary films. And they, some, you really walk a line when you watch a movie like that. It could be weird for weird sake, which usually is just kind of boring um, or weird with, with really great artistry behind it. And they do that so well with, I mean, yeah. the lighthouse is a great example and I can't, I mean, this film is going to go unnoticed. I think a little bit, it's called in fabric. We had it at the festival and that is a strange and funny and like a little creepy movie that is amazing it's like one of my favorites that came out um but uh, you know under the under the skin which we saw years ago it's this they have a really good knack for finding those strange creepy or or strange funny movies that could go unnoticed but they they're really good at it yeah um and i think i mean i feel like we're in like the golden era of a24 right now uh they recently did a deal with apple um, so like Apple's getting into the content game and, uh, you know, they have their, their TV show and they are also now they are partnering with a 24 to produce movies. So, um, that deal was, you know, struck in 2018 and some of the first movies are going to come out in 2020. I mean, we'll see, you know, what happens, um, with the state of things right now, but are, are slated to come out in 2020, um, and it'll be interesting to see how that changes them. I mean, like a, a a partnership with Apple could be now their real powerhouse and doing better work than they've ever done before, or it could mean, you know, yeah, I think it could be blowing up. Well, that's a good segue because it's interesting the cycle of these. You're right. Sometimes they do so well, they get they go up, do bigger, bigger things, and maybe they become a little homogenized at some point. Hopefully that doesn't happen to a 24 for a long time, but a good example is new line cinema, um, new line cinema. I remember in like the seventies or eighties, I think I kind of forget the timeline, but 
They've been around a long time, but they started doing independent films. They did them so well that they got bought up by a bigger company. So they started doing a little bit more mainstream. And then they had a, like a uh, kind of subheading of new line was fine line features and fine line features then kind of took up the mantle. What new line used to do with more independent quirkier fare while new line went on to do more and more mainstream. So it's kind of an interesting route. Um, so I, anytime I see uh, a distributor doing this kind of stuff, I'm like, oh, these are the films that are just killing it. I start immediately keeping an eye out for like the, the other distributors that are just starting to do it. Right. And right now there's one uh, called Neon. Neon is doing some really good stuff. Um, they did I, Tanya. They did Honeyland, which was really big last year. Um, Three Identical Strangers, that documentary, um, which was bananas. Um, and then uh, they did Apollo 11, which was a do- another documentary they did really well. Um, I'm trying to think what else. They did. The Biggest Little Farm. So they're kind of filling a bit of a niche, but they also do edgy stuff like Ingrid Goes West and Neon Demon. Um, so they're they're another one that's kind of similar. They're starting to get their... They're definitely, they have started to get their feet wet in that stuff. Uh, Grasshopper Films is one that I love. And they're doing very, very specifically like what I would call competition film festival films. Those are the ones that are like, you may, they may not have big stars, but they're the ones that are going to be talked about. Either you love them or you hate them. They're definitely real, like some of them are real intense. Some of them are real challenging, but they're they're getting a big batch of them now. So I, I'd love to see how these different organizations kind of start, like, what's our vibe? What's the thing that we're going to do and what are we going to do really well? So I'm really, really enjoying seeing it happen. You kind of pick your lane and f- find a, a studio that or a distributor that speaks to you. For sure. Um, well, A24, what, what do they got coming up? They do have a new um, a new horror film, which, as we've seen, they do really well with, like, Witches, Hereditary, yeah. et cetera. They have one called St. Maud that's coming out in April, hopefully. Um, you know, with everything going on, it may get pushed back. But right. it's by a uh, first-time feature director, Rose Glass. And uh, it's, like, a – it's about – like a, a a hospice nurse who becomes obsessed with saving her die, dying patient's soul. Oh, when you put faith into a horror movie, you know it's going to be good. For sure. Definitely watch the trailer because it it is it gets creepier and creepier as you go. Uh they had that one about the cow that was supposed to be in theaters right oh, now. First cow. Did you see it? No, I've seen the trailer so many times and I can't wait to see it. It's by Kelly Reichardt, who did Certain Women. It just looks like a beautiful, beautiful movie. Yeah, that is what they do, I think, at best is is beauty. Um, And then they have the, what's the one about the king, Green King or something like that? The Green Knight. The Green Knight. The Green Knight is another one. See, this is, yeah, you're right. This is their heyday because starring Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander, um, and it's, it's this epic fantasy adventure type of film uh, based on the Arthurian legend, but it is highly stylized, a little scary looking, to be honest with you. Um, it does. 
visually a- unbelievable. And it's directed by David Lowry, who did Ghost Story and Ain't yeah. the Body Saints. Yeah. Yes. Again, he, he's visually like just an impressive director, but he also, he really chooses like, like content's going to punch you in the heart. Right. So what was your favorite then? You were said you were gonna save it for last. Oh, the Green Knight. I was gonna. I'm saving the Green Knight for last because I. Oh, okay. I'm cool. really excited for that one. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, okay. Yeah, first cow. Also, oh, real quick, they also have a. They're they picked up the new film by Janixa Bravo, who did the movie Lemon a couple years ago. Lemon is a film I adored, but people either yeah. love it or hate it. It's like a. It's a like a really dark comedy that people either love or hate, but she has a new film called Zola that did well at Sundance and they picked that up too. So that's a good sign if they picked it up. For real. Okay. A 24. They're about to enter the Apple era of their partnership. We're in what could be the heyday or they could blossom and be, you know, even poop better out. than ever. They could, poop out. they could, we will see what happens. But right now, we are loving them. Yeah. What else are you watching, Kay Polly? I finally watched Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think? Well, I hated it. <laughs> oh my God. It's very... I know. My girlfriend said I had to watch it, and we did. And I said, listen... I am. I was sure before I watched this, and I'm even more sure now. This is a film that people love because they saw it when they were like a kid or a teenager. Okay, I watched it recently and felt like it held up. But it would. Like I watch Meatballs all the time, but I feel like if I watched Meatballs today, I'd be like, yeah, maybe. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Fine. Well, I'll tell you a movie that I don't like either. Um. Yesterday, I watched Color Out of Space. Oh, you didn't care for it? No. Oh, interesting. I wish that you would have told me that it was just not very good. I don't agree. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) It felt like, you know, we're talking about A24. It felt like it wanted to be an A24 movie, but was not. Yeah, I, I think I quickly realized it is a like a weirdo horror movie, but without much, like it's a Nicolas Cage style where it's like, I'm just going to give you what I usually give you. And I expected that, but I really enjoyed it. And especially, and I think I mentioned this on the last show and it, I think it appealed to me for a couple of reasons, but one because he very specifically made a reference to an old film of his called vampires kiss. He essentially did that character at some point. Well, that appealed to me for that, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not the best movie I've ever seen, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, I, I just felt like there was a couple of things that they were like, "Hey, we spent a whole bunch of money like doing this visual effect, and so we need to build to this visual effect." Yeah, and uh, and that was that was it. I felt like it was it was just it was boring. There wasn't a lot happening. It was poorly done. The script was so stiff, and. <laughs> Oh my god! There was just some lines where I was just like, "What is this supposed to be?" I was just like, "It's just bad when you're just imagining what the writer must have been trying to like convey." You know, it was very much like just like kind of setting things up to to happen, and then 
you know, there's like some scary pop out. Yeah, I don't think it's a, I mean, it's not a serious movie. I think it has a vague vibe of a serious movie. And then when you discover it's not, I enjoyed it for that. Because um, I did like, I did like the visual tone, which was just sort of a copy of other visual tones, which I'm, again, that's fine. Because it's, I, I can't take Nicolas Cage too seriously anymore. So I already have my, my expectations at like a five when I watch that's out of 10, out of 10 uh, <laughs> when I'm watching one of his movies and you're just watching to see his, him do his old shtick. I mean, it gets boring. His, his shtick's going to get boring any, any day now. So enjoy it while I can on a positive note. Um, I did watch a very old movie from 1938 called the lady vanishes. It was a Alfred Hitchcock movie. Ooh, and uh, it's a mystery on a train. So it was like, I'm ready for that. And I really enjoyed it. It's funny. It's a, it seems very clearly a comedy, but it's also a mystery. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I believe it was on Amazon Prime. Um, I, in, in the TV world, I watched King of the Big Cats. Want to be able to watch this on Netflix right now? Yeah. Did you have you watched it yet? No. Uh-uh. Oh my lord! Is it, it, is it a tiger one? Is it? Yeah. It's 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 about a couple of people that are in the like exotic animal world, like big cats specifically. Okay. The, oh my, my lord! Is it just like from a story point? It's real life, and it's just like these the the twists and the turns. I feel like at the end of every episode, I was like, they saved that until now, oh, you know. Okay. It's like each every time they like end an episode on like a a, a twist or a turn, it, it like could be its own documentary in itself. But it's just like another layer onto the like lives of these people. It is it's it's wild and and so good and just like absolutely perfect. Right oh, now. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? I'm good. Well, everybody, hope you're staying safe and secure and have clean hands and don't go outside and and read and watch movies. Yeah. Um, And if you are looking for more movies to watch, Christopher is continuing to give suggestions on the Milwaukee Film uh, Facebook page. Is that Film Members Group? It's the Milwaukee Film Membership page. So just search Milwaukee Film Members on Facebook. Yeah, uh, and they're great and have been super fun. Oh, thank you. All right, this has been A24 on Cinebuds. Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Our theme song is from local musician Christopher Pollard and Justin Barney. Yeah, by way of Brett Newski. By way of Brett Newski, we get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Uh, thank you, members of Milwaukee Film and and eighty eight nine. Um, I mean, we you know rely on you more than ever right now. So thank you for being members. Um, and uh, I've we've got to thank. Uh, last week we forgot to thank the most important person in this thing. Who do we do? We want to thank Christopher Pollard, everybody. All right, bye, everybody. Bye.